Been, <laughs> have you been already listening to my voice for 45 minutes? All right. Hopefully you're not tired of me yet. Hopefully you're not tired of me yet. Um, but I just want to introduce myself just in case. I know Pastor Rob just introduced me. Um, but just in case if you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Stephen. Uh, my beautiful and lovely wife is next door, Pastor Amy. Um, and I just want to thank everybody, first of all, um, for the turnout and for the support for Operation Christmas Child for OCC. So I do, I want to thank you guys. Uh, did everyone see the boxes out uh, in the foyer? Um, over 1,000 boxes, over 1,000 children who are going to have their life changed by items that we take granted daily by items that we just expect to be in our homes. This is life-changing for a thousand families, for a thousand children out there. And, um, you know, what, what a better time for me to receive a message from God about thankfulness and about thanksgiving. And I, I, was, um, I was preparing for a message, and, and I'll show you the scripture, and it just, it just hit me right in the face. And it really, it really stuck out to me. Uh, and then I realized Thanksgiving's around the corner because I was not preparing a Thanksgiving message, but we're going to get into that in a minute. Guys, as Pastor Carlos had mentioned, Pastor Rob, yes, he is not here. Um, he is preaching many, many, many services this weekend in Tennessee, and he's given a report back uh, that there has been really a move of God, uh, that there's been healings, that there's been chains being broken in people's life. Uh, and we want to pray that, that that spirit will continue to move this morning and this evening. He's preaching right now, and he's preaching again tonight. Uh, so can we just give a moment to honor the man of God in this house? And can we just give a moment just to honor Pastor Rob? Pastor Rob, we thank you for everything you've done for each one of us. We thank you, Pastor Rob. Uh, for the sacrifice that you make every single week being on the stage. Uh, if anyone has prepared a message, you will realize the weight that is put on you, delivering the word of God and trying to get your heart out of the way. Pastor Rob, we thank you that you do it every single week and you do it so well. We thank you. So guys, just one more time. Let's just honor Pastor Rob. I'm going to pray that our hearts are ready to receive this morning the Word of God. What I have today is a powerful message, and it's not because of anything that I'm going to say, but it's because of the Word of God. And if you are ready and you are willing to receive the Word of God, the Scriptures, as they download into your heart as a two-edged sword to come in and, and, and to change, if you are ready and if you are willing and if you are open, you will leave change today. You will not leave the same as you came in. And I don't know about you, but when, when I come to church and when I, whenever I open up the Word, I, I do it expecting there to be change. And I don't know if anybody else does that, but if you don't, you should. And if you didn't come into this place expecting your heart to be changed, well, I hope that this message does soften you in the way that you will come every single week and every time you open up the word, you will know that there is power in the word of God to bring you from glory to greater glory every single time that you open it. So let me pray right now. Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, 
I pray today that every ear that would hear this message, that every ear that would hear your word, Lord God, would be open to change, Lord, in our own hearts, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that as we continue, Lord, to mold ourselves to look more like you and to act more like you, to walk more like you, Lord, we pray that you would use us and that you would guide us, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would use us and guide us for Tampa Bay, Lord God. That you have set on our hearts the goal, Lord Jesus, that we would go out and that we would tell the good news, Lord Jesus. That the people's lives around us would truly be changed, Lord, not because of what we say, but because of what we mean. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that today, Lord, that it wouldn't be the words that are said, Lord, but it would be what the words mean, Lord, that they would have power and that they would have authority. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Church, um, as I was preparing and as I was gathering and just really spending time with God, obviously I'm asking him, what, what do you want me to deliver? God, what is your word? I don't want to just come up with something on my own because it's not by my strength. Lord, what do you want? And as I'm reading through uh, Daniel, Something just jumped out at me so strongly, and I really wanted to share this chapter with you because there is so much power in this chapter, and it's Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. And I'm just going to jump right into it, if you don't mind. Who here, who here loves the Word of God? Who here would like to receive some of the Word of God today? Are you okay? Are you guys okay with receiving some scriptures today? Okay. I just want to make sure. Because if you came here not expecting to hear any scriptures, you're going to be very disappointed this morning. Very disappointed. Daniel 6, chapter 1. It says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. He, the king planned to set Daniel over the, to rule over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They were unable to do so. I want to tell you just for a moment, I want to give you a little backstory about Daniel, okay? Daniel was one of four men who, when King Nebuchadnezzar came and conquered Jerusalem, he was one of four men that were taken captive to serve in the king's courts. One of four men. The Bible says that God put favor on them, that God put favor especially on Daniel. Daniel was given from God the ability to interpret visions and dreams. And the Bible says that the favor of God was on Daniel. Now, Daniel and these three others had made it up the ranks because of God's favor on their life. Because of God's favor on their life, they had make it, made it up the ranks. But now Daniel, who had made it up the ranks because of God's favor, is about to 
come into some opposition. And my first point is here is that favor is often met with opposition. And the reason that I say that is because we, we pray and we believe for God's favor on our life, but then we get disappointed and we feel attacked and we feel like God, it, the devil will use this opposition to make you believe the very opposite of what God actually has on your life. When God's favor is on you, you will receive opposition. But it is in our human nature to perceive that opposition that we don't have God's favor on us. Do you understand? This is how demons and principalities work. And you can see that favor is often met with opposition by many different uh, uh, figures in the Bible who had God's favor on them. Joseph had God's favor on him, immediately met with opposition. His own brothers gave him up for slavery. Um, David had the favor of God on him, but was constantly trying to hide from Saul's spear because Saul literally wanted to kill him because he was jealous of God's favor on his life. And you even see Jesus. And Jesus had obviously had the favor on him. And the Pharisees, he, met, he was met with opposition by the Pharisees. And what I want to show you is, church, there is a pattern in the Bible that when you have God's favor on your life, you will be met with opposition. But don't let that be a discouragement to you. Let that, let that be a key that you know that you're working into the right direction. Okay? Listen to this. Verse 4. We're continuing verse 4. It says, they they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with his God or the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed, we have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den now. Your Majesty issued the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. And what really stuck out to me here is the law of the Medes and the Persians. This law had been in effect that when the king had taken his seal and when he seals his his edict, when he seals it and sends it out, not even the king himself can change this. Not even the king himself can change this, and the satraps knew about this. The king was pressured, and he hastily made this decree. And what really stuck out to me is there are, there are the spirits and the principalities at work here. You know, demons know the best sales tactics, and they will use them against you on a regular basis. And if you are in a position, listen, church, I'm sure, I'm sure that you have um, had some pushy salesman at some point, you know, up in your face trying to get you to do something. If you own a front door, you probably have had this happen to you recently. Okay? Uh, if you own a phone, you probably have had this happen to you recently. 
And if you own or manage a business, you would definitely have had this happen to you recently, okay? Um, you, you will have a salesperson use a, a, a tactic of pressure of time. You must do this now, right? They will say, um, if you don't do this now, you will lose out on this deal. If you don't do this now, you will lose out on this money, right? Or they will try to make you answer the, the questions in the way that they want you to answer these questions. This is the same way that these principalities are at work here. For example, uh, I've had a sales people, they, they will come up to me and they will say, uh, just answer this one question, just answer this one question. Do you like to save money? And, and you're going to sound stupid if you say no, right? And that's what they want, right? They want you to sound stupid if you say no. So you say yes, and then they're going to lead you into another yes, and another yes, and another yes. And before you know it, you just signed a new car without telling your wife, okay? So listen, listen, I'm telling you this uh, from a firsthand uh, experience, okay? So I did not buy a new car without telling my wife, okay? I did not. Did not, I promise. Um, but this, this boy, 18 years old, uh, I, I was born and raised in the state of New Hampshire, okay? I was born and raised in the state of New Hampshire in a city of, you know, five people, okay? So there, no, but there was not a lot of people in this city. Um, and, you know, the, the state of New Hampshire is the live free or die state. I don't know if you know that, but it's the live free or die state. So you would expect this New Hampshire boy, you know, to be hiding behind a tree with a musket. Um, but, but when I moved to New York City, <laughs> when I moved to New York City when I was 18 years old, I spent two years there in New York City. And coming from a little town of New Hampshire, I had a lot to learn and I had to learn it quick or I was gonna get eaten up, okay? My first day in New York City, my first day, I was walking down the street on my way to my new school, just about to start everything new, and made the first mistake of being in a, in a city like New York City, and that's that I was walking looking like this, looking at the tops of all the, all the buildings, and apparently, I stuck out like a sore thumb, which I found, you know, I found out much later that you don't do that, okay? If you're going to live in New York City, you got to act like a New Yorker, okay? Which means you got to walk really fast, almost fast enough where if someone's in your way, you're going to hit them, and that's the only way to walk in New York City. So I'm in New York City, and I'm looking at the top of these buildings, and I'm walking along the road, and all of a sudden, a guy comes up to me and hands a CD and puts it right into my hands. And I'm walking past him like, I love this city. This city's awesome. Like, you just get free music just walking down the street. And I'm, and I'm walking away, and he's like, hey, you need to pay for that. Like, you put this in my, this is my, you put this in my hands. Like, what do you mean I need to pay for that? And you quickly, you quickly realize that there are many, many sales tactics out there to trick you and to deceive you. To trick you and to deceive you. I thought I was going to get into a fist fight there in the city. But a New England boy, we, we don't really get into fist fights. We just go dump your tea into the harbor when you're not looking. That's, that's just how we handle things. So it took me a lot of time to use this, but church, what I'm getting at here is that we need to be wise and that we need to be able to recognize the tactics of the enemy when they come against us. If we look into verse 10, it says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, 
He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem and three times a day he got down on his knees and he prayed. And this right here, these next two words, church, these next two words just jumped out of the page and they hit me. The Bible says that he gave thanks. It says giving thanks to his God just as he done before. And what really stuck out to me was I know me and I know the, the human flesh that we fight, that we constantly, that we're, that we're born with and that we have to let die. But that human flesh is not typically going to um, find a default to give God thanks when we're met with this type of opposition. So I just want to take a moment and I want to come out of the Old Testament and I want to come into this room and I want to make this really personal just for a moment. And I want you to think about this just for a moment. I really want you, because if we're going to have change in our heart, okay, that we really need to, we need to take a moment and we need to think about this and we need to focus on this with ourselves. If you were put in this position, if you had the favor of God on you so much that you rose to such a high rank that the people around you became so jealous that they found a loophole and a way that you would receive the death penalty tomorrow, what would your default response be? And if it's not giving thanks, then this message is for you. This message is for you. And I'm praying right now and believing because I want to change your mind and I want to change your attitude about the word thanksgiving and about the word thanks. Because thanksgiving and thanks has become a very dumbed down, very honestly selfish and has lost so much of its power. It's lost so much of this power. When we think of giving God thanks, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when we think of giving God thanks, it's almost the polite thing to do, right? The word, the word thanks is a polite thing. We're taught as children, you need to say thank you, right? It's just the right thing to do. It's just um, the polite thing to do. But what we have not realized, or at least I had not realized, it's the powerful thing to do. It's the powerful thing to do. And it's not just a powerful thing to do. It's actually a command. And listen to this. It's the will of God for your life. And I'm going to prove that to you in just a moment. Church, it's the will of God for your life. That your default reaction to this kind of opposition would bring you to thanks. I'm going to show you in just a minute. But this word thanks, and I apologize, I don't have it to go up on the screen. But this word thanks comes from a Hebrew word. And, and the word thanks and thanksgiving is used many, many, many times throughout Scripture, as you can imagine. But this thanks is only used two times in Scripture. It's only used two times in Scripture. And the other time that it was used was with Daniel when he had interpreted a dream and he started giving thanks to God. And this thanks means praise. This thanks means praise. And here's what I want to show you about this type of thanks being the will of God for your life. We're going to look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Listen to this. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in 
all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you, how many of you have prayed the prayer, God, I just wanna, I wanna have your will in my life? Who, raise your hand if you've prayed that prayer. R raise your hand if you want to have the will of God in your life. Church, listen to me. I know I'm not jumping up and down and screaming, but I hope that you're hearing not just what I say, but what I mean here, okay? I, I hope that you're, you're hearing not just what I'm saying, but what I'm meaning. But the, you know, the word of God says, the word of God says, <laughs> the word of God says that um, faith without works is dead, okay? The word of God says that faith without works is dead. And if we have faith that we can be in the will of God, but we don't do our part, that that faith is dead. And I'm showing you a scripture right now. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Verse 11, it says, Then these men went as a group, and they found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Verse 13 goes on to say, then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to, the, the, or to the decree you put in writing, he still prays three times a day. Now, I want you just to look at that. Pays no attention to you, your majesty. As, as I was reading through Daniel, I had seen that exact phrase was just used earlier in the book of Daniel. And how many of you know, when you're reading through scripture, when you see a pattern, or if you see a parallel, stop, because God is speaking something right here. God is speaking something right here. So I went, I went back and I looked at this and I, I said, is this really exactly the same and why? And I'm asking God why. So I wanna show you the scripture of what happened just before this. Okay, um, but before I do, this scripture involves the three other men that were captured with Daniel. Remember, there was four. The three other men were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm sure that most of you know this story, all right? Um, but uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had created a 90-foot-tall golden image, nine-foot by 90 feet tall, golden image. And he had commanded that anyone with an earshot of the music that was gonna play must bow down before this image or be thrown into the fiery furnace. Or be thrown into the fiery furnace. So the music starts to play and everyone bows, but three obvious men are still standing, refusing to bow down against this false idol. And the accusers came the same type of accusers that Daniel just dealt with. The accusers came, and here's what they said in Daniel 3.8. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, 
uh, zither, lyre, uh, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. So as I'm looking at this pattern, pays no attention to you, your majesty. I'm asking God, what is this? Why is this a pattern here? Why is this exact same phrase? How is this same exact phrase being used? These are different men. These are, this is a different king. This is a different time. And the spirit of God said, yes, they're different men, but it's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. And again, we need to be wise to how these spirits operate. We need to be wise at how these spirits operate. And this, this church is the spirit of offense. And the spirit of offense came on King Nebuchadnezzar so strong that he didn't even think straight. It came on him. He took that, that spirit of offense so, so deep into his heart that without even thinking, he ordered that the furnace be heated up seven times past the amount that it was supposed to be. And he ordered that his strongest guards take these three men and throw them into the furnace. And out of his rage, the Bible says that out of his rage, he rushed it and these strong men were burned alive just getting close to this furnace. And it's because of this offense. This offense is a very powerful thing and we need to be aware of it. Church, if you haven't heard the series on offense, Pastor Rob's series on offense is absolutely life-changing. You need to go back into the archives and you need to listen to it. This is a shameless plug for Pastor Rob. Uh, go and listen to it. It really is life-changing how you deal with other people in your life, uh, friends, at work, spouse, children. You know, being able to uh, identify the spirit of offense is a, a very important thing. So let me ask you, who wants to hear what happens next? All right, who here doesn't know what happens next? All right, I want you to go home and read this because it will change you. It will change you. This is not where, this is not where I'm leading. We're going to continue with Daniel. But I really want to say, church, even if you know what happens next, as I read it, things just started just coming out at me. And you know what? I would love for you Go home this week, read Daniel chapter 3, and I will take the time after service. I would love for you to come to me and tell me what God preached to you out of Daniel 3. Especially if you've never read that chapter or if you really don't know what happens, I will, I will be available for you. Because when you open up scripture, the power of the word of God will start to download things to you and start to preach to you sermons that I might not even see or I might not be able to get. This is the power of the word of God. You, how many of you realize that every time you open up the scriptures, you can read the same thing and get something to Totally different each time that you do it. So I, I'm going to be ready for you guys, please. I, I hope that I'm bombarded next week. I want to hear. I want to hear from you. Preach to me next week. I want you to preach to me next week. 
All right, so listen to this. It's important we identify this spirit, the spirit of offense at work in the satraps, because Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay? So guys, coming out of the New Testament, you have to realize that our enemy is not people. Our enemy is not people. And when we start to realize that our enemy is principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness, when we can identify these spirits at work, when we can identify these spirits at work, they will not, no longer have control over us, okay? But it's the sales tactic of the enemy to come in and to deceive. But when we can identify it, they can no longer deceive. When we identify it, they can no longer deceive. Now listen to this. Daniel had every right to be offended. He had every right to be offended. But listen to this. The spirit of thanksgiving will never allow the spirit of offense to come upon us. And here's why. Offense keeps our focus on our flesh. But thanksgiving keep, keeps our focus on our God. Amen. Keeps our focus on our God. I'm going to say it again. Offense keeps our focus on our flesh, but thanksgiving keeps our focus on our God. And if we go back again to, to uh, Daniel 6.13, then they said to the king Daniel, who is this one of the exiles from Judah? He pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. When the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually, continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. And this is where I want to say to you, church, that the devil comes and he wants to put his seal on you. He wants, to, he wants you to feel like he has sealed your fate. The devil wants you to give up. He wants you to fear him. He wants to intimidate you. But 2 Corinthians says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us and set his seal of ownership on us and put the spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is, what is to come. The devil's seal on your life is a counterfeit. The devil's seal on your life is a counterfeit. A counterfeit to the actual seal that is placed in your life when you receive Christ as your Savior and the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. The, the Word of God says that the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you is God's seal on you. You are sealed 
by the one Christ Jesus. You are sealed by the one Christ Jesus. And you know what? The devil's seal has no power, has no authority, and has no uh, a, a way of, of changing our life, but the one who does is named Jesus. The one who does is named Jesus. The devil cannot steal your gratitude and the devil cannot steal your joy. I'm sure that you've heard it many times. Oh, the devil came and stole my joy. You know, I've heard it many times. The devil stole my joy. The devil stole my joy. But your thanksgiving cannot be stolen, but it can be surrendered. Now, church, hear me now. Okay, hear me now. Your thanksgiving cannot be stolen, but it can be surrendered. And the devil knows this. The devil knows this. So you know what the devil does? He comes to intimidate you. He knows that he cannot steal your thanksgiving. He knows he cannot steal your joy. He knows he cannot steal your peace, but he can come and intimidate you. And if he, he knows that if he intimidates you enough, you can surrender your peace. You can surrender your joy. But the devil cannot take something that belongs to God. The devil cannot take something that belongs to God. And when the foundation of our thankfulness is based on the fact that God is God, as the foundation of our thankfulness, our thankfulness cannot be shaken. Our thankfulness cannot be shaken. And church, this is why it's important that when, when you're in the car, when you're at home, when you have a moment, just start to thank God. Just start by thanking God. And when you start by thanking God, you remind yourself first who God is. And when you're in the car driving, just start saying, God, I thank you that you are God. I thank you, Lord, that you are all-powerful, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you created the universe. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you made the ultimate sacrifice for me. I thank you, Lord, that you know me. I thank you, Lord, that you love me. I thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for me. I thank you, Lord, that you want to prosper me. And do you see that there's a progression of faith that comes when we stand on the word of God and we put the solid foundation of our thankfulness not into what we have, but into who God is. Into who God is. Listen to this. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says, and, and how, how did Daniel have so much peace anyways? Philippians 4, 4 through 7, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I know some of you start clapping and I keep talking, but yeah, if you want to give God the glory, go ahead and let's give God the glory. <laughs> Justice was brought to Daniel. The men who brought the false claim to Daniel, the king threw into the lion's den. The king threw into the lion's den. The Bible says that before they even touched the ground, the lions destroyed them. And you know what? In that moment when the king made that decree, 
Daniel could have gone to the window and could have started then praying for justice and praying for revenge, but that would have come from the spirit of offense. Daniel came to the window to give God the thanks. And because God loves us, because God fights our battles for us, he took care of the judgment. God is a just God, and God will bring you justice. God will bring you justice. I just want to finish, you guys. I know it's going to be really early, but I just want to finish by reading you the decree that the king brought to the land after what he had done. Pastor Carlos is telling me to keep going. (laughs) He said, verse 26, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. (laughs) For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. This king, yeah, come on, give God the glory. Can someone say amen to that? We thank you, Lord Jesus. If you guys could just stand with me and let's just give him the thanks right now. Come on, just start to thank him right now for who he is. Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor, Lord, and we thank you that you are God. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for us, that you have a plan to prosper us, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for this church, Lord God. We thank you that you have a plan for every person in this place, Lord Jesus. And I just want to take a moment and say that if you do not know this Jesus as your personal Savior, that I want to give you just a moment, even right now, to make a life-changing decision, the best decision that you would ever make. If you've been met with the opposition of the enemy, if you have been made to feel like you are less than, the word of God comes to say that you are more than a conqueror. The word of God comes to say that you are a child of the Most High King. And if you would like to be a child of the Most High King, I would like to lead you through a prayer right now. So if you have not ever made this decision, I'd like you just to raise your hand right now. And if everyone could just bow their head and close their eyes. We're not looking around. Nobody's going to be looking at you. But if you have never made this decision, I would ask you right now just to put your hand up into the air so I could pray with you. Church, I love that Pastor Rob always gives opportunity for salvation because that should be our number one goal. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to bring in, Lord, the needy, Lord Jesus. Lord, that this place would be filled with people, Lord Jesus, that have come to know you, that have come to know you more, Lord Jesus. 
I thank you, Lord, that I'm in the midst of your children, of your sons and of your daughters. And Lord God, we want more than nothing, Lord, for your will in this place, for your will on our lives, Lord Jesus. So we pray today, Lord God, that Thanksgiving would not be a season that we go into once a year, Lord Jesus. Lord, but the heart of thanksgiving, Lord Jesus, would turn to praise in our life daily and continually, Lord Jesus, so we can walk in the will that you have for us, Lord God. I thank you for this day, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that this is the day that you made, Lord God, and I thank you for the seeds of your word that have been planted today, Lord God. I pray that your spirit would water these seeds, Lord Jesus, so that fruit would come of it, Lord God. In all of these things, we pray and we lean on you. We need you in our daily life. We need you more, Lord Jesus, today than we ever have, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you would go with us this week, Lord God. You would draw us closer to you, Lord Jesus that we would come together next week, Lord, filled with so much joy and so much thanksgiving for what you've done and for who you are, Lord God, that this house would shake with your praise, Lord Jesus. We thank you, and in your name we give all the glory and all the credit. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Come on, give him some glory this morning. Give him some praise this morning because he deserves it all.